Hello and welcome to Move the Line presented by 444.com. I'm Ryan Noonan. Joining me as always, Connor Allen. What's going on, buddy? Not too much. We are almost done with our divisional previews. We got, I think, two left, including this one. Um, I'm Jack for the regular season. I started off firing off some week one bets already. Um, And yeah, I'm pumped to get going. Yeah, I can't believe we're almost done. This is uh, seven of eight. We got uh, Vegas in the horizon. Like you can like it's like tangible now. Like I, we're going to Vegas a little bit before week one. Felt like it was down the road, and now it's finally like it's here. Like plans are being made, and uh, it's just the best way to to kick off football season. I'm enjoying this series. Hope you enjoy them as well. We're excited for tonight's episode, unpacking everything in the uh, NFC South from a betting perspective. Joining us this week is the host of You Better You Bet. You can find him over there weekly, uh, daily, 3 to 7. It is Nick Costas. Nick, what's going on, buddy? Welcome what's to going show. on, guys? Uh, thanks thanks for having me on the show. Listen, man, like, kind of been in the sports wilderness for a while now, and now coming out of it here with football season, and it's a, it's an exciting time. It's the best time of year for, for us as football fans, kind of as, as content creators in the space, people that love the sport, people that love to bet on the sport. So, Let's get rolling here, man. It's a it's a marathon and a sprint rolled into one. The next five or six months, it's going to be awesome. Can't wait. No joke. It's a good way to sum it up. We did a little extra. We got another another leg this year with the seventeenth game layered in. But like, give me more. Give me eighteen yeah. <laughs> right? more games, more fantasy, more bets. I want. Imagine people not wanting more. Give me as much as possible, as many games as possible. Things to bet on, fantasy things to play. I am all for it. More. Yeah, it ends and you're like, damn, it's over already. But I know, like, we, you know, we're grinding the content, but it's like, man, it's cannot be any better than that. I don't yeah. know, man. By the time February rolls around, I'm ready for a couple months off. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. then we, you know, we kick in, you know, it's golf season again. We got to, we just turn the page and we just keep it moving. Keep, there's always something to bet on. So maybe for uh, you, it's not the same as football. You know, There's nothing like that, football, man. There's yeah, nothing like football. Let like me roll right into the NCAA tournament, basketball yep. playoffs. Correct. Uh-huh. Always good stuff. But listen, I second that. There's nothing like football, specifically the National Football League. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we want to let you know about some of the cool things we got going on here. First, we talked about it last week on the episode. We're going to continue our promotion on uh, getting you access to all of the betting content that we have going on at 4 for 4 this season. Actually, our betting subscription is going to give you everything that we have behind the, the doors at 444. All the DFS stuff, season-long best ball, projections and rankings from Paulson, um, just basically everything. Um, and we're giving away a uh, free sub from now until uh, the next couple episodes, I guess, until we get into week one. Uh, Connor, you want to tell everyone about how they can continue to get into the drawing and who won our last week's drawing? Yep. So to enter for next week's drawing, just uh, rate and review the show. Um, and yeah, that can be on any platform, you know, YouTube, Apple, uh, or, you know, whatever you listen to it on, just send us a DM uh, via on our move the line podcast, Twitter account, and then we can put you in the drawing. And if you've already entered in for this week's drawing, you will be entered in for the other week's drawing. So just because you didn't win this week, doesn't mean you're out. Uh, last week's winner is uh, Mark Ronaldo. Uh, so congrats, Mark. Uh, just message one of us or the Twitter account. We'll get you hooked up with a free sub. Um, you know, pumped to have you on board, and thank you for listening. Yeah, you can go to 444.com slash plans to find out how to get access to it. Again, uh, you can get it for cheap there as well, but then just get in there for free. Uh, rate and review, really appreciate it. Again, it helps us keep the lights on here, lets other people find us, and uh, hopefully makes you lots of money along the way. So, um yeah, NFC South is, you know, we've had some of the uh, better divisions, I would say, of late. This might not be that, uh, a little bit top-heavy, some, you know, questions along the bottom and some teams kind of deciding whether or not they want to rebuild or, you know, dip their toes in the wild card round. Uh, but, Connor, give me your thoughts overall about the division. They got a pretty easy schedule. They're going to play the AFC and NFC East, uh, and then their 17th games are against the AFC South. Yeah, just right off the top, I, I laid a little bit on the Bucks to win the division here. Um, you know, the, the odds are, you know, getting climbing higher and higher, but I grabbed it on minus 170, minus 180. I think that they're a clear elite team in this division where the other teams, uh, with Saints on the way down, the Panthers and Falcons, while interesting and volatile, I think, uh, are not quite there yet, not quite on par with the Bucks. So, um, I laid a little bit, a little bit on them, but we'll get into that more as we break down each team. Yeah. Interesting to have such a massive favorite from a team that didn't even win the division last year. But the Bucks now, Connor said, steamed up a little bit using the odds from our friends over at WinBet. Uh, Bucks at minus 220 to win the division now. Basically lost the best of the number there in a big, big way. Saints trailing a little bit behind, plus 330. You have the Panthers and Falcons both at plus 850. But we'll kick it off with Tampa Bay. Uh, obviously, 
running it back, uh, which is insane nowadays. 12, 12 and a half wins out there, depending on your book. Uh, minus 560 to make the playoffs, uh, plus 500 to not make the playoffs. They are three to one to win the NFC and six and a half to one to win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, it just is really strange in, in this day and age. Like, you usually you either got like a coach picked off, you know, you get dudes looking for the bag to go somewhere. Uh, they are not only running back with all their starters. According to the Athletic, they had 31 guys log at least 200 snaps last year. They are all back. Uh, so, Nick, talk to me about the Bucks. I think they're going to be awesome. Uh, not only do I think they're going to be awesome, but I think they've kind of got the potential to be like one of the best teams, maybe like we've ever seen in like the history of the National Football League. Mm-hmm. I think they have that kind of upside here, like fifteen and two, sixteen and one. Now, like maybe they're they have such a big lead in the division, and I agree with Connor. Clearly, the elite team in this division. I know maybe like the best of the numbers gone, like it's minus two twenty with win bet, minus two hundred over at Bet Rivers, which sponsors my show. You better you bet. Uh, I don't think the best of the numbers gone. I still think that's a great bet at minus two hundred, minus two twenty. Like the only way Tampa doesn't win this division is if Tom Brady gets hurt, and we're not handicapping for injuries here right? If Brady's playing the full complement of games, they're going to steamroll everybody. I think they're clearly the best team in the NFC. I think there's a case to be made. They're the best team in football with all apologies to the Kansas city chiefs. So I'm really high on Tampa I'm heading into the year this year. So I think the only way they don't go like 15 and two, 14 and three is if they have such like a huge lead where they can sit guys uh, for a couple games at the end of the season. But I don't know. Like, I think the upside for this team is absolutely enormous. I've got some other bets that I'm looking to place on Tampa, other ways to play Tampa. Like, like, I think they're going to be elite. There are some ways I think we can play that here. But, yeah, this division is clearly Tampa's to lose, and I do not expect them to do so. Yeah, you look at the schedule. So, I, you know, you can still attack them in a big, big way, I think, at the win total number. You can get plus money over 12.5 out there right now. Like, look at that schedule and find me five wins. Um Five it's really, just like imagine five, betting if the I under. Losses, like sorry. imagine yeah. like having like like the guts to like to actually. I'm sure people like love the guts to do it. But like imagine <laughs> actually like submitting a bet on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers under win total this year. Like I don't know if I'm rushing to bet over twelve and a half necessarily, but I would never bet the under on that. Me personally, never. Connor, what are your thoughts on the Bucks? Yeah, no, I think you guys said a lot of it. I mean, fifth easiest strength of schedule this upcoming season, according to opposing win totals. They were 11 and five last year in a 16 win, a 16 game season. And that was with the Saints going 12 and four. Uh, that was with like a good Saints team. Uh, I mean, I just think that they're the clear top end talent here. Like you said, you know, I'm probably not betting them to make the playoffs at minus 560, but like Nick said, I, I mean, I think I would take this up to like minus 250. Um, you know, reasonably, I think that that is still, uh, bettable just because. The Saints have taken such a big step back, I think, in uh, quarterback play just in general and some other areas as well. So I think that the Bucks are just like the clear favorite here, and we'll get into the other teams later. But we have some other props here. Uh, Brady over under 4,650 passing well, hold yards. Hold on. I need a little bit of runway with Brady. I've earned this. Yeah, I've, that's fair. No, that, that is more than fair. You, you and some others for a couple of years had been – you know, in my mentions, in my uh, ear about Tom Brady being washed. Oh, and, man. Who's on the anti-Tom Brady train? Uh, I, need to, I need to know who's who could possibly be on this train, man. Nick, I got names, brother. I got lots of names. That shit's uh, careening off the cliff, man. It careened it off was, the cliff already, but I mean, it's going <laughs> further down. Toughest of scenes last year. I mean, from week 10 on, Brady led all QBs in EPA per play, right? Took him a little bit of time, but like, Again, no training camp and, you know, brand new system. Um, this wash quarterback who's just is a dink and dunk system guy goes out. He's second in the league in average depth of target, second in EPA per pass attempt against man coverage, just tearing up man coverage. Um, according to PFF, he also had the lowest turnover worthy play of any quarterback. Like, so he's like aggressive downfield, accurate, uh, second league in EPA against uh, in play action. Like, very dominant. Handsome too. Dominant. <laughs> as handsome as the day is long. Um, I don't know. You know, his social media interns are incredible. They really um, are. I should hire. They are, right? I suck on social media, man. I don't even know what to post half the time. I need some of one of Brady's interns. Give me some avocado and get me some followers. They're amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's amazing. So um, he's not done. He's going to go out and he, we're talking about it. They have the best shot, basically, to get to do it all again, uh, it's incredible. Uh, and I feel like I get it. I get how, like, it's annoying. And, Connor, you're, like, 22 years old. You've never not known Tom Brady <laughs> not being 22. You've never not <laughs> known Tom how Brady old, being great. How old great. is Connor? How old are you, Connor? 26. Okay, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Ryan, how old are you? 
41. Okay, I'm 38, so you and I are a little closer here. But yeah, yeah, you don't know what life was like before Tom Brady. It's all your right. I, that is Brady, all I know. Man. All I no know is Tom reference. Brady. My yeah, my sentience s- and everything geez. is literally all I remember vividly is that like I think it was against the Panthers that they played in like the playoffs like early 2000, maybe 2001, something like that. 2002. They beat them. Like. They beat them in their in 2003. Yeah. In the That's Super like Indian. one of my know. first football memories because I was like six or seven. That was you know, Nipplegate. Like, yeah. Yep. That's, yeah, that's yeah, why that's, I remember it. There we go. Moose and Muhammad with a long touch. Ricky Pro yes. caught a touchdown at the end of that game. And then more Vinatieri magic, obviously. That is Super Bowl 38. 38. Yeah, Super Bowl yeah. 38. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, as a New Englander, I remember the Patriots sucking. So like I have a point of reference of them being terrible. So um, yeah, I, just, I mean, I think it's not. Let's not bury the lead here either. Your firstborn child is named after this man. Uh, it was the 50 touchdown season. Tom or Brady. So 2007. Brady, Brady. So, you're, so, you're, so your kid is now 14. Okay. Th- yeah, 13 year old. Yeah. He's, <laughs> yeah. He earned it. 50 touchdowns. First time in his career, really, he had had any semblance of weapons w- worthy of doing anything with. Man, and he played. And let me tell you, he was absolutely fucking awesome in the Super Bowl against my favorite team that year. That went really well for him. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, Thank you. Got you. Us twice. It was a good one. It was a good yeah. one. Yeah. February 3rd, 2008, you know, not that we're, you know, remember what happened on that fateful day in Arizona. I've never had my house empty so quickly as uh, you just see people come over there, you know, they're still, no one was rooting for the Patriots. They're rooting for, you know, misery for me. And, but when it actually happens and the way that it happened, it was so awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah, it was pretty yeah. great, man. It was pretty great. But anyway, listen, Brady's going to go up. off this year. And they may win the Super Bowl again this year. I actually think they're going to. Going to go off. I mean, they're adding Geo to the mix in the backfield. You know, not a huge difference maker. But again, they really didn't have that element, which has been something that Brady's loved in his career. Um, they really had to use Leonard Fournette for that last year. You know, you get uh, OJ Howard coming back. They're only getting better. So, like, they're getting all these dudes that played a ton of snaps and they've somewhat added to the rotation. The defense is amazing. Todd Bowles is one of these dudes that has maybe he's not a head coach guy, but that we've seen this through the history of time. There's these dudes that get they're amazing coordinators, they get a chance, they get a taste of the big game. It's not for everyone. You know, being maybe a CEO of the team is hard, but like schematically, the way you can dial up plays and, and he's a stud, man. He's a stud. Yeah. That team is is loaded, and he obviously knew what he was doing, and they're gonna be studly again. So um you know, Connor, talk to me about some of the props here. Um, I don't have too much of a take. I'm curious on your guys, though. Like, how do you guys see the Godwin Evans, you know, Antonio Brown rotation shaking up? Because, you know, we people talk about the splits, you know, be, but Godwin was coming back from a finger surgery in weeks 15 through 17. He crushed it, four touchdowns, 20, 253 yards in that time span. But weeks 9 through 14, coming back from that surgery, he had just 308 yards total in those weeks and one touchdown. So was he injured or did AB take a lot away from him? You know, and but not to mention Antonio Brown was just getting used to the team. I think that there's a lot of different ways that this can like kind of shake out um they're obviously all good players i think at this point and brady's great too but it's it's something that for you know fantasy prop betting godwin right now and evans both at 1100 yards over under and then ab at 700 yards i think that's probably the clear value for me but um otherwise i'm kind of staying away from them because i just have no idea how to approach it yeah what do you think Uh, about those guys nick I'd be into Mike Evans over nine touchdowns. I think that's one that makes a lot of sense given like the proclivity with which Brady targeted him in the red zone last year. Like yeah. that's that that's his guy. I mean, and look, maybe maybe Gronk scores a couple more touchdowns this year, and that's okay, because I think Tampa's gonna score a lot of touchdowns this year in general. So I think there's gonna be a lot to go around. I, I don't know that I'm I'm looking to necessarily bet the under on on any of these guys. And you know, Ryan brought up a great point. You know, that 2007 season where Brady threw 50 touchdowns, you know, all of a sudden you had Randy Moss to the mix with Wes Welker and Dante Stallworth. Etc. Right, and this receiving core that he has is is very good, right? And it's now he's got the year rapport with them. They won the Super Bowl last year, so I think there's reason to believe like they're all going to have really good seasons. Now, you know, Connor brings up a good point, which is you know maybe they cannibalize each other. Maybe Antonio Brown has a bigger season, and that takes away from Godwin or Evans. So I don't know if I'm rushing to bet any of these overs really, but I mean, if Mike Evans plays the full complement of games, I think he he gets double digit touchdowns pretty easily. Yeah, I think that's the right way to go about it. I think maybe, you know, if you're a fantasy gamer as well, I think maybe attacking them in fantasy and getting exposure through that way is probably the best in the prop market. Um, but it, because they all have such a range of outcomes where they could easily blow through their number, if one of them goes down and all of a sudden, you know, you're going to get buried so quickly. So I would probably, they're all stay aways. I don't know. I'm not chasing overs or unders on either side. But uh, it, I think it's worthwhile that, that AB is, if I was going to take one of the overs, it's AB. Number's the lowest. We didn't get a full season of him, and I think he really did start to impact the guys a little bit. But again, it's just one of those 
high tides raises all ships situations and and he's also be fucking able- insane yeah and yeah, he's insane right so yeah question. his range of outcomes out of a mental insane. health facility you know, yeah you have you have like question. the batshit crazy factor with antonio brown as well like one potential out for an under yeah and you know what? They'd still they wouldn't miss a lick because Scotty Miller would step in, or you know Johnson would step in. Like they just they're so deep that they could he could go to the loony bin, and they're still absolute beasts in this division, and probably still contending for the NFC. You so. guys, you guys think that like I'm because like I've talked about this on you better you bet, and my co-host Ken Barkley, Locky Lockerson hasn't really pushed back on it. Like, do you you guys agree with me? Like this could be like 15 and two, like that type of team where like years down the road, we're like the 2001 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are one of the better teams in our lifetime. I think they have that kind of upside. Yeah. I mean, I have no argument against it. Like the schedule's there. The team is there. The roster's there. You know, Brady showed no signs of decline. Like it's just, it's all there. So, you know, I have no counter argument to it. Yeah. I love trying to uncover like scheduled losses or little things like that. And you look at like Connor mentioned fifth easiest schedule. You look at like trying to find their toughest run and they have a run right after their buy of three or four on the road. They're going to be four and a half, seven point favorites in all those games. Like there's, there's just no losses on the schedule. I mean, it's just really, it's really hard. All right. So, so, so if we agree, right, that Tampa has that kind of like gigantic upside, 14 and three, 15 and two, 16 and one. I actually haven't talked about this on You Better You Bet yet. I mentioned it on today on Wednesday show just very briefly, and I want to do more on it probably tomorrow on Thursday and maybe at some point as well before the start of the season. Like, I know Coach of the Year is a market where, like, Brandon Staley is a guy that I've talked about, right, where normally Coach of the Year, it's like a team that didn't do much last year or did something last year, and now you're doing more this year. Generally, yeah. like, the first year of a coach's arc, or maybe you get, like, the Belichick undefeated season in 2007 following 11-5 and five in 2006. So you need that kind of leap, right? Now, I know Tampa won the Super Bowl last year. They won 11-5, and five, though. They didn't even win the NFC South like you guys brought up at the start of this year. If Tampa goes, like, 15-2 and two and just, like, mows through everybody in one of those losses, they're sitting everybody, is Bruce Arians at 22-1, to one, like, I— I don't think that's an insane thought if we think Tampa's theoretical upside is like 15 or 16 wins that Arians couldn't win coach of the year to like cap off like a legendary career, right? I don't think that's nuts. I, I really don't think it is. No, I think that's a good point too. Like you said, there's, there's, you know, sometimes it is based off of what expectations were coming into the year. And obviously we know expectations are high, but if they end up being this super team, Right, we, no one's really expecting that per se. We know that they are a favorite to go back, but again, like, yeah, if they were record breakers and destroy it, I mean, we also know that the dudes who vote for this are emotionally tied to some of these things too. Like, they like the stories and they like, you know, narratives and and you know, Arians is a guy that can. He's a little ornery at times, but I think he's a guy that's like media loves him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, angle had him people. Yeah, they they eat it up. Like he, that's it's kind of a a bit for him. He can sell it, but like I think they love that they, you know, that he's honest. Like, oh, Brady sucked in practice today. Like the offense needs to step it up. I think they love that stuff. They eat it up. And he's already twice with two different teams. This would be third with three. One with Indy and Arizona, obviously. So this could be three, three with three different teams. Yeah, the Indy one is amazing. He's not even the coach. He's a you know, right. a, a filling. Yes, I think it's a good bet for especially that that long of odds. Um, you know, over twenty to one, I think is is pretty interesting. It's not a market that I typically have uh, dig too deep into, but that's a good number. Yeah, I mean, there's also some like alt wins too. There's like over under like thirteen on DK plus two hundred on over that. Uh, I think you can actually, if you're really feeling frisky, like you could bet on them to go seventeen and zero. Um, for I would bet like over, you know, like 20 to one is generally the odds. But I think at that point, you'd probably just better off taking like Arians coach of the year, like you're saying, in case they slip up or rest some guys, which they probably would. It's at game 17. Well, maybe not. I guess if they're going for a perfect season, uh, that would be pretty historic. I can't imagine they'd rest guys then, or at least just maybe secure the win. So they didn't in 2007 with Brady. So they may not, you know, we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right. We can move on off of, uh, the, Massive favorites here. We can move on to the Saints. Uh, nine wins in most books uh, to make the playoffs. They are plus 114, minus 130 to not. They are 20 to 1 to win the NFC, 40 to 1 to win the entire thing. Post Drew Brees era uh, starts now. And as we sit here today recording, we still don't know necessarily who's going to get the first crack at the gig. I think it makes sense to start the younger guy who also has significantly more reps of the position who's actually been a quarterback uh, throughout his career. But we know that Sean Payton loves Taysom Hill more than life itself. I don't know if he's got pitchers. He's got something. Um, it, it seems like 
it makes sense to go with, with Jameis and mix in packages, whether it's series or you know plays with with Taysom. But who knows? There's still a lot of you know whispers at camp that people think it's going to be Taysom. They got a lot of other stuff going on too. Um, you know, Michael Thomas injury and all the drama that goes on there. They're already in salary cap hell. They have to cut a bunch of dudes this year. They've it's been in salary be- cap hell for like 20 years, though. To be yeah, fair. <laughs> yeah. It came it came to to, to roost this year, though. They they cut some guys defensively. I think it's going to impact them. But talk to me about the Saints, Nick. Uh I had a really like good. Re- I think I've got a pretty good read on every team in this division, maybe except for the Saints. Um, I don't think they're going to be very good. I don't know that their ceiling is very high, but because the offensive line is so good, I feel like they're. Their floor is also pretty high. Like, I don't know if I see a scenario where the Saints win like four or five games. I think they probably finish right around this number. If I had to bet one way, I would bet the under. I don't, I don't see really an avenue for them to get to 10. I just, I just kind of don't think like the team's very good. I I think it makes sense now, given like, you know, who are the top skill position players now, right? Like Marquez Calloway, like, well, Michael Thomas is out and Adam Troutman and, uh, you know, trade the, the ghost of Traquan Smith. Like <laughs> the weapons aren't really there and it's not Drew Brees to kind of spread the ball around. So I wonder if with the Saints this year, we're going to see, and this is where it doesn't really fly with Jameis, right? So unless Peyton has kind of coached the hell out of Jameis, has kind of changed his approach, where I wonder if this becomes a team that leans more on its run game and defense, right? And they're not really like the high-flying aerial attack of the past because, A, you've got a quarterback, if it's Jameis, that has shown he's going to turn the ball over. And B, you don't have like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, et cetera, and the weapons that that he had in Tampa. And we don't even know when Michael Thomas is going to come back, what the situation is going to be there. I mean, I'm sure he'll play, but I mean, who the hell knows what's going to happen there, right? So all of these factors have me more down on the Saints than I feel like some other people are. So I would only bet the under here. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. So minus 130 would be my bet there to not make the postseason for the New Orleans Saints. I do think that Alvin Kamara is going to have an absolutely monster year, maybe more rushing the football this year than receiving. Um, I think that's going to be like where he uh, is bread and butter this year with the, maybe like the the change in philosophy for the Saints that I'm expecting here. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not exceptionally high on, on the Saints this year. I don't, I don't see it happening for them. Yeah. I think leaning on the run game is a really good call. It is an offensive line. That's dominant. Like, Top three in the league. They've spent a ton of capital, draft capital, especially in the last few years, dumping first round picks in the line, and it's paid off. Connor, what are your thoughts here on the on the Saints? Yeah, I mean, not too much to add beyond what you guys said. So last year they ranked number four in defensive EPA, uh, but like you said, they lost Trey Hendrickson, Malcolm Brown, uh, Sheldon Rankins uh, in the front seven. So I mean, I think that I think that they're com- going to be competitive, but without Michael Thomas, I just like, really struggle to see a way that that offense moves the ball outside of running the ball. Um, you know, like it's it's just going to be running the ball. And then like what? When they have to pass the ball, like Jameis is going to be throwing YOLO balls. Like you said, Marquez Callaway. Like, you know, that that just sounds ridiculous. So like really it's going to have to be, I think a lot falls on Sean Payton, who I think is pretty sharp. Uh, but it's it's just tough for me to envision them being like strong on offense um, and with them probably taking a step back on defense a little bit. I mean, they're not going to be number four in defensive EPA again. He's got I, a lot of eight and eight seasons, Payton, with Drew yeah, Brees. It's yeah. not impossible it happens now. Yeah, so I mean, exactly. If that if that defense, you know, plummets maybe like the 15, 20 range, which I think is certainly possible. Uh, I mean, they're in for a long season. Then, then they can't really lean on the run. Then they're going to be actually trying to come back and win, which is going to get messy quick. So yeah, I, I think that you're right. Probably like the seven to nine win ranges. They're like range of outcomes, in my opinion. I uh, lean under as well. Um, I think that way. I'm just like, I would rather just lay some more money on the Bucks to win the division, to be honest, instead of, uh, uh, you know, betting the Saints under. Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, you mentioned the guy like Hendrickson led the team in sacks, like 13 and a half sacks. They just, you know, let him, let him walk. He's in Cincinnati. Like some of these things are just cap casualties that have, have come back to, to bite them. Like it is a tough schedule too. They have the fourth toughest schedule according to, you know, projected wins that they face. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, Jared Cook, Quan Alexander. Like they don't have a lot in all these guys gone that they couldn't resign. They don't have a lot in the secondary. Uh, their front seven's pretty strong. They don't have a lot in the secondary behind Lattimore. Lattimore, I think, has like a – he got arrested for like with a stolen gun, I think, in the offseason too. And I think that's hanging over. We know the NFL, like that'll get handled in February. So he's probably <laughs> not going to miss any games or anything. But like if he goes down, there's just not a lot behind him. And uh, yeah, I mean, if you're going to be running in defense, in this division especially, all these teams want to throw it. You know, we have a – Arthur Smith offense. We have a Joel Brady offense. We have a Bruce Arians offense. Like they got to really do something. They don't have a lot of pass rush. Their leading pass rusher is now with the Bengals. So yeah, I'm with you guys. I think, especially with the added game, 
you know, I don't think they, I don't think this is a 10 win football team. So I would lean under. Um, I don't, don't think they made the playoffs. So I think that that number is still fine at minus 130. I think it just, we start to see a changing of the guard here, regardless of what they end up doing at quarterback. So not a super fun football team, and they've been a lot of fun for years. You know, those Saints games are a lot of fun down in uh, in the dome, but like, no, what, they'll the qu- be fun always because New Orleans is great. <laughs> New Orleans is great, but like, whether, whether they have the bags over their heads or not, that'll still be great. <laughs> yeah, but it's been the it's been dubbed the Coors Field of uh, you know of NFL football for years down yeah, there. Well, now, yeah, now here's Taysom Hill. Good luck with that. Those days are over. So. Taysom Hill, though, if he gets the job in fantasy, he's pretty interesting because he runs a ton, right? Like, so you know, he could be interesting as a as a late pick in, in best ball or whatever you're you're doing, but not a lot of I, other juice to squeeze here. I, 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 have a, I have a question for you guys, Connor. Sorry, sorry for interrupting. No, um, go for it. So Saints, and this is could lead into like a, a larger point potentially. The Saints are hosting the Packers in Week One, and I'm less interested for the purposes of this conversation in the spread of the game, which is Green Bay, a two and a half point favorite at Bet Rivers right now. The total though is 49 and a half. Just curious if you guys had to bet that game right now, had to bet the total 49 and a half, Green Bay at New Orleans, Sunday, September 12th, Week One, 4:15 p.m. Eastern. What do you got? I gave that one a long, hard look uh, yesterday because um, it's it's. It's wanting us. It's it's baiting us to take the over a little bit because it's a, li- a little bit you know floating between key numbers. But I don't know. I'm pretty bullish on the Packers, and I think the Packers defense makes takes some strides this year. Um, so I I think I want to maybe be on the under, or I maybe just take a team total under on the Saints. Yeah. No. I. I yeah. I, I think that, that that sums it up well. I think that's pro- I like, probably where I'm at. I like I like the under. And my, I think the point that here is like, we'll see what happens with the Saints in the first couple of weeks of the season. I think this might be an under team as the yeah. season moves along, like a team that's going to play lower scoring games potentially. Now we take that on a case by case basis, but I, I think that if, if their philosophy ends up changing a little bit, I, I think this could be an under team. And I certainly like that under right now in week number one against Green yeah. Bay. And that, yeah, that two and a half pace wise. That two and a half two on Green Bay is just so interesting because I think that they're like a better team in so many facets. It's just, uh, you know, everyone's, we're going to, a lot of people are going to take New Orleans, oh, home underdogs in week one. Yep. We're going to love the Saints here. Guess what? Mm-hmm. Packers are going to beat the shit out of them. Yeah, it is. I, I, I looked at that a lot. I think I'll probably, I was going to take that probably like two and a half, you know, lay off it at anything higher than three, because uh, that's probably where it closes at. But yeah, that, that that's a good one. That's a good call there for sure. Yeah. 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 I think if they pace down and they start to become a, a slower yeah. team leaning on the run, I think there's... A lot of reasons that could fall short. So. so my my take on this quarterback situation, I think we're going to see Jameis between the twenties and Taysom Hill on the goal line and in the twenties, like all the time, and any yeah. short yardage situation. That's right. just so my col- that's what college, I think is going to happen. A college gimmick offense, I'm sure that's going to yep. work over well in the NFC South. Yeah, probably not. But I just like imagine they were like throwing Taysom in there with like Drew Brees, who was like when he was actually good. You know what I mean? Point. And like now they got Jameis, you know, who's just like throwing picks left and right. Like God, they're going to take the ball out of his hands as much as possible in those situations. I think so. I don't know. I think we see extended extended uh, Taysom Hill for sure. He's you know thirty years old. Like he's not even a prospect to like develop. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. I, I get that like he's multifaceted. He'd be an amazing like flag football teammate, right? Like we got this dude that can like he's a mismatch as like a pass catcher. We can throw him fades. He's got an amazing arm. We can run gimmicky plays. But like Peyton's like, yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Let's let's do it. Let's do it in the league. It's wild. Do you know what's interesting? Like, let's just construct a, and believe me, this is hypothetical. Like, let's just say it works, right? And Connor, I think Connor's onto something here with what we're going to see Peyton do. I think it might get a little crazy here. If it works, right? And you out there listening or watching the show, if you think that could work, like, short, and they win like a number of games here, Peyton's 18 to 1 to be coach of the year. And he's going to get all the credit if the team is good, 100% of it. So oh, yeah. I think that's, I would never bet it because I think they're not going to be good. <laughs> but if you think they're going to be good, it might be worth it. Yeah, that's a great call. I mean, it it would mostly fall on his shoulders, to be honest. Like, if he could orchestrate something that works with the combination of everything. But, I mean, I guess the bones are there if he can make it happen. But, I mean, with the offensive line. But the, the weapons aren't there either, though. So, I don't know. You know, it's like, like you, you need Michael Thomas healthy, and then you need another good second guy. You know what I mean? And then we could be talking about an offense that could be good. If James started, and then maybe Taysom Hill was running that the goal yeah, line. There's a lot stuff. of ifs there. You know, like, exactly. <laughs> if there's like six ifs, you know, like that's way too many. That's way too yeah. many. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we don't have. I haven't seen any Latavius props out there in the marketplace. But to like Nick's point, I think that that's a, a someone I'm going to be looking to see when something drops on him because I do think the running game becomes more of how they lead offensively, and I think his number will be a little short. Um, you know, that's a guy that's still 
10 to 12 carries, even in the normal offense when they've been, you know, pretty pass happy over the years. I think if, you know, he starts to go to, you know, say 12 to 15 carries a week, uh, I think we're going to be, you know, be able to target the Latavius market when that pops. So let's keep Devontae Freeman, unless as a Giants fan, let's keep Devontae Freeman as far away from playing time <laughs> as possible, please. <laughs> it's Connor's boy. He loves Devontae Freeman. Oh, stop it. I do not love Devontae Freeman. I love Devontae Freeman when he was free in fantasy leagues in like the 16th round. I knew he was going to get signed somewhere and, you know, maybe the minute I've worked out, but the same process was true for Antonio Brown and it worked out. So, you know what? You know, yeah, good. it works. Good for you, buddy. All right. The Falcons <laughs> is uh next team on the board, seven and a half, basically everywhere out there. Plus, 235 to make the playoffs, minus 240 to not. They are 30 to 1 to win the NFC, 81 to win the Super Bowl. This is a team that I, I don't know, I don't really understand what they're doing. Completely new regime. Terry Fontenot in as the GM. You got uh, Titans offensive coordinator Arthur Smith in as the head coach. He managed to get Dean Pease to unretire to run his defense. Um, I'm not sure I understand. I, I guess the Kyle Pitts pick in a vacuum is amazing, right? So, like, I think the kid's going to hit the ground running. I think he is kind of a generational talent at the position. He's more of a pass catcher. He's more of a receiver than a tight end. But, you know, they got an older quarterback. There was quarterbacks on the board. But they go ahead and restructure the deal with Ryan. And then they make the Pitts pick, which is basically telling you, all right, you know what? We can kind of rebuild and compete. But then they dump Julio. I I don't understand that at all, Nick. Talk to me about the Falcons. Um, yeah, I think they're going to give up a billion points, and they'll probably score a lot of points also. Um, so I I look at this defense here, and I think Pease is going to be very aggressive, um, as this is want. Um, I think they're going to blitz a ton this year. I think the secondary is absolutely brutal. First guess, they should have drafted C.D. Lamb. Instead, they have A.J. Terrell, who's like, okay, brutal, I guess. But brutal, I mean, brutal. whatever. C.D. Lamb would look really good on this team right now if they still had him. Like, then you make the Julio Harman. trade, and it's fine, right? You make the Julio trade, and it's fine because you got C.D. to slide in. This yeah. is an, the easiest first guess of all time. It was, a, it was a chicken shit pick by Thomas Dimitrov to try and save his job, drafting drafting for need instead of drafting the best available player. And that, that this is what happens now. But you could have taken, like, Trevon Diggs potentially in the second round. Instead, you take fucking Terrell. You could have had C.D. Lamb. Terrible. Um, so yes, I think the secondary is going to suck. It's like, you know, the island of Dr. Fabian Moreau at one cornerback slot, Deron Harmon, Eric Harris. Like, I think I think they're going to live and die by big plays on defense, and chances are I think they'll be dead more often than they're alive. So I think this is going to be a big-time over team this season, and I, and I don't mean over on the win total, like the week one against Philadelphia. Let's have a discussion about that. I bet this at 48. I see it up to 48 and a half not insinuating that I moved the market, just saying that I made that bet. I think it was a pretty <laughs> obvious bet to be made here, right? Um, I also think that, you know, Atlanta three and a half in that game is crazy. I, I like the Eagles to potentially win that game outright. I think Philly's flat out better than Atlanta. Like the roster is better here. So yeah. I, I don't know that I want to go under seven and a half. I, I could see there are avenues where Atlanta could win eight games. Maybe Arthur Smith's a great coach and Matt Ryan turns back the clock. But I, I'd be more inclined, honestly, to bet this under than I would be to bet the over. Um, I do think Matt Ryan, given the state of this defense, that they're going to give up a ton of points. I think he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. I don't like Mike Davis. I love Kyle Pitts. Like, I'm kind of obsessed with Kyle Pitts. Over 800 receiving yards all day, every day. Easy. I think he's going to be an absolute monster of the season. I think he could make good commands. You guys tell me if this is nuts. Would it be crazy if Kyle Pitts commanded 120 targets this year? Like, I, I think that's possible. Who's going to throw the ball to yeah, Zacchaeus, like Russell right. Gage. Like, come on. So I think Atlanta's going to be bad, but I think they're going to be fun for fantasy and going to give up points and score some points. Give me that over in week number one, and I like the Eagles as well. Uh, yeah, good call. What do you think here, Connor? Yeah, I mean, such a good point. So I, I went through, like, so I, I mean, I'm a, admittedly not like a defensive analyst here, um, but, you know, so I, I sourced some some other sites here. So the Falcons heading into the season have PFF's worst-graded secondary and ETR's 31st-ranked pass rush. Um, I mean, how are they going to win games with that? And they're just going to be boat raced. Literally just their defense is going to let up a touchdown pretty much every time they're on the field. If you can't rush the passer. I mean, maybe they're going to blitz a ton, but then that's going to leave their, their secondary exposed. So if, you know, people can game plan for that at all and, you know, maybe max protect a little bit and you're leaving one-on-ones with your corners against their, or your wide receivers against their corners, like they're going to get eaten alive. So yeah, I also, I love the Kyle Pitts overs. Um, I talked about it actually on your show. I bet Kyle Pitts to break Mike Ditka's, uh, tight end receiving record as a rookie, 1,076 receiving yards love plus that. 300 at DraftKings. Ditka um, set that record at like 1950. It's incredible uh, that that record is insane. It's nuts. Um, uh, but I, I also like, 
I just don't. So I understand that people are like, oh, rookie tight ends, they don't produce, they take a while. He's a you wide know, but, receiver. Yeah, exactly. He's a wide receiver. He's the yeah. number two target behind Calvin Ridley on a team that's going to be playing for mine. They're still efficient. They're in an Arthur, Arthur Smith offense who like is a former tight end coach. Like everything is setting up for Kyle Pitts to just be good. And then like very good, you know, like I think he's putting up like 1100, 1200 yards and like probably eight to 10 touchdowns. I, I mean, I think that that's very much 90 reasonable. catches possible. Like, is that yeah. possible? <laughs> Absolutely I possible. I, I like you mentioned it's, it's, yeah. it's Russell Gage and Olamide Zacchaeus. Like there's, there's no real competition. There's enough for, you know, really to still get peppered with 15 targets a game. I just want like, to make sure I don't sound like an idiot when I say that. I think he gets 80 to 90 passes easily this year. I, mean, I, I think that, I mean, you have to be hammering that him, him in fantasy. I mean, I, I was talking about it with my, you know, uh, Cone or Joe Payno for all of our main events going forward, like, and stuff like the FFPC leagues. Like, we are going to be zeroed in on Kyle Pitts on some of these leagues. I just, I, I, some people think it's a fish play because he's a rookie, but I think that that's just, like, so, lacks so much context in terms of like the offense and everything that's going on and like who Kyle Pitts is as a player. I mean, the, the highest drafted tight end in NFL history, the first non-quarterback off the board in the NFL draft, and he's just like a freak athletically. Like, I mean, this is just like Agreed. everything is setting up for him to smash. Agreed. Yeah. I've been drafting best ball teams since March. I think I have like 22, 23% Kyle Pitts. Um, it Love just, that. I want to be a little heavy on it. Cause I think he is a difference maker. The position itself, if you don't get one of the top guys, like, this is a guy that very easily is that top guy next year. He's in that Waller, Kelsey, Kittle tier. He kind of already is. Like he's on the fringe of that already. And to you know, to point the nickname, like there is no real competition in the secondary receiver market on that team. Like I know that Russell Gage has filled in admirably. Uh, and just kind of a jag, like he right. I don't he's, know about admirable. Like he's he's going to catch the ball if you throw it to him. He's doing nothing after the catch. He's you know turning around and falling. But like, there's no real difference makers on this team outside of of Ridley. That's why I'm a little nervous about Matt Ryan. Like, we're going to need that from Pitts because the the Ryan without Julio splits are like massive over the last couple of years. Like, we're looking at like 55 yards per game different. We're looking at like a yard and a half per attempt different touchdowns or almost a half of touchdown expected touchdown throw so much though, right? Like the volumes. Sure. You can make up for it in volume. Yeah. Totally. And and Arthur Smith is like, they did not run a lot of play action last year. Arthur Smith with his in during his time with the Titans, they led the league in play action rate. Like we know that just no matter what you benefit from more play action. So, and they were like in Matt Ryan's, you know, like massive season. And like, I think it was 2017 with Kyle Shanahan. I mean, they just ran play action like nonstop, you know, that was like Ryan's thing. So yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, they're going to pass like literally a ton. They have to. I mean, they have to throw like forty times a game. So yeah, how does Kyle Pitts not see eight targets a game on forty pass attempts? Like how? That that well to be like you're right. Like that that run with that was Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. Like both of them like in their primes. Like this is Mike True. Davis. So like True. man, it's not like not that they're not going to try it. Just that like man, like I think he's going to put up some numbers because they're going to be throwing so much. Ah. I'm kind of talking myself, even as we're doing this now, like into the under here. There, this team is going to be fucking brutal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we actually like Mark Davis, and if you look at our prop tool, our projections are pretty bullish on Mike Davis compared to the number in the market. We have him just a tad under a thousand yards. Uh, the number out there in the market right now is seven seventy five. That's a pretty big edge for us uh, in relation to most of the other running backs. So I know I mean, Nick's not in on him, Connor, but you have any interest in Davis? I mean, the, the issue is that like when you're doing projections for the, for a guy like that, like you're telling me that you're going to give the ball like Quadra Allison or, you know, JV and Hawkins, who's like, you know, Cordero Patterson. With, like, yeah. Cordero Patterson. I mean, like that's the issue. And, and Mike Davis looked good last year when he was he like did. a workhorse, um, you know, Breaks a lot of tackles. yeah. So like, I think I, I lean over on 775 because I think that's light. I mean, you're talking about like literally the only guy capable of carrying the ball on the roster of like 15 times. So I know that that's a kind of a shitty argument for an over, but uh, I don't know. I just think that the, the talent around him is so bad. The offense should still be somewhat efficient. But again, like, you know, they're going to be down by a lot. So I think you're going to see him get a lot of receptions um, and catch the ball a lot. Um, it just may not like they're definitely not going to be grinding the ball, um, you know, with with him like they did, like with Arthur Smith did, like with Derrick Henry. I mean, that's like. People bring that up, and I think it's kind of funny. I don't know. I'm just like, you know, that's just like not slightly even Slightly different offenses. Just slightly yeah. different offense. You know, the defense is going to, you know, force their hand in a little bit away. But, yeah, it's, it's wild. Here's a bull case for the Falcons. I, not to make a bull case, but one in eight in one-score games last year. It's really hard to do. Like, one in eight. A part of it is because they suck and they couldn't close. <laughs> like, so there's something to that. But, like, we just don't see that. It's not – it stabilizes from year to year. One to eight is, is pretty massive. Like we Maybe don't even Arthur see teams. Smith is good, right? I mean, it's possible. Yeah. 
Dan Quinn yeah, was bad. Football Outsiders, uh, they did some work on it there. Uh, they fell three and a half wins short of their Pythag expectation in wins. That is the third largest difference since the merger in 1970. Wow. Three and a half wins. Uh, it's massive. So again, like, I think Raheem Morris got a little bit out of the defense last year. Then when you look at the roster, like it's it's bad. Like Grady Jarrett's their best pass rusher. Like is an interior lineman. Like you, they they have no real pass rush. They have a, a terrible secondary. So like I'm trying to give Falcon fans a little bit of something, but there's just not a lot of meat on the bone. Hopefully you enjoy your you know cheap Chick Fil A in your stadium. <laughs> and uh, I heard the prices are really cheap. Not hey, even man, open Spencer, on Sundays, bro. Spencer Rattler <laughs> might be great next year in a Falcons uniform. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. You didn't have to worry about uh, quarterback this year. So now we'll move on to a, uh, uh, I think another fun team. Uh, has got a lot of questions. Panthers seven and a half wins as well. They are plus two sixty to make the playoffs minus two seventy five to not 50 to one to win the NFC 90 to win the Super Bowl. Uh, this is year two of the Matt Rule Joe Brady duo. Um, fairly competitive last year, despite having the youngest defense in the league. They used their entire two thousand or twenty twenty draft to address the defense. They had first pick, top eight pick, added Casey or uh, JC Horn again, like just kind of again reinforcing the defense. I think the defense can continue to take some steps here. If anyone can wash the Adam Gase stench off of someone, I think it's Joe Brady. Um, Talk to me about the Panthers here, Nick. Well, I here's what's great about the Adam Gay stench. You don't need anyone to wash it off. Like the minute you are like out of his sight, like it's True. washed off. Like you just have to be away from him and you just become you become good again. Um the thing that concerns me about Carolina that I like to see them address, I'm a little worried about the left tackle spot. I'm a little worried about them in week one against the Jets because I do like the loss in Quentin Williams kind of pass rush right on the defensive line. So I, I actually like the over in that game quite a bit, which is like 42 and a half or so Panthers and Jets in week number one in Carolina. I I think this team can come in second in the division. Like I, I really like Matt rule. Now maybe it doesn't work out with Matt rule in the NFL, but I think one thing we can all agree on, right? Matt rules. No, no idiot. This guy is not a dope. Like anywhere this guy has gone, he has turned programs around and he has won. He did it multiple stops on the collegiate level, like like resuscitated like a Baylor program that was basically like in hell and they brought it back up. Like a temple, obviously, yeah. with rule. So I, I'm I'm not really interested in really betting against Matt Rule here. And given the fact you put Carolina in another division, like the AFC East, there's no case to be made for them to do anything, right? But in this division, where I'm down on the Saints. I think the Falcons could be pretty bad. Uh, I think that Darnold gets getting away from Gase and Ryan, to your point, now under the tutelage of Joe Brady with like actual weapons, right? Novel concept for a young quarterback. Let's try and support him here with some of these weapons that he's got here. I think this offense could be good. I like some of the young players on defense here. I'm not saying they're going to win 10 or 11 games or challenge the Bucks for South Supremacy. Not going to happen, but... I like them as the second best team in this division. I, I think they can definitely go over this win total seven and a half. I think they could come in second place in the division. Um, and I think some of their players could end up having pretty big years here. So yeah, I, I would say I'm more bullish on Carolina, certainly than Atlanta. And I think their theoretical ceiling is higher than the saints. Although maybe the floors are similar. I think the Panthers have a higher ceiling than the saints. Absolutely. Love it. I have a feeling that I kind of knew where Connor was on this. We've talked about Sam Darnold a lot. Um, I'm glad that we get some confirmation bias here from Nick. So Connor talked to me about this team. Like they, they have weapons. Like they have, this is something that Sam Darnold hasn't had anywhere else. Yeah. I mean, we saw Teddy Bridgewater be adequate. And I think that now we're going to see Sam Darnold, I think actually be like, not, maybe not good, but like, you know, close to good. Um, and I mean, when you're throwing to guys like uh, DJ Moore, they have Robbie Anderson, they drafted Terrace Marshall, you know, which I think is going to be a great pick. Like he's done nothing but show out, um, you know, was playing behind uh, Jamar Chase and Jefferson at LSU. So he didn't really get to like fully break out, but was still really good. He wasn't even um, playing behind him. He like he caught, he like led the team in touchdowns that, that year with, with Burrow. Like, yeah, but they, stuck. they all had like, you know, they all had like a thousand something yards, you know sure. what I mean? And like, I mean, everyone crushed with Joe you know, Brady, was, in Joe Brady's offense. It, exactly. Um, and so, but I'm, I'm actually like, the more I've looked at it, I'm a little bit more excited about their defense a little bit more now too. Uh, still Brian Burns, their pass rush, um, you know, established to run ranked them eighth actually for their pass rush, which I found interesting. I had them more closer to like 10 to 15 range. 
Um, their defense, like you said, drafted uh, J.C. Horn, who you know I probably owe my firstborn child to at this point after winning me so much money in the NFL draft. Um, but you know they also added A.J. Boye. Uh, so I mean I think that their secondary is going to be okay. I love that, Jeremy Chin, man. I love yeah. Chin also. I've got it like, all my IDP leagues. Chin is an absolute stud for me. <laughs> yeah, love it. So, I, so I, I think that this team could actually be reasonably good. Um, you know, and like like you said, I lean over on the seven and a half. Um, I think that they can compete in the division. Uh, I think a lot of it actually will rest on Sam Donald. If Sam Donald can be legit good, like this team can be like a contender in the well, maybe not contender in the division, but look close, like you said. Um, if he's wild not card. good, yeah, yeah, exactly, wild card. If he's not good, they're probably still sitting in that like you know seven to eight win range, um, and that's I think that's kind of a lot on his shoulders. But the question is, can he handle it? And I think that I'm still optimistic that he can at least be above average and kind of propel them there. That being said, over week one. I already hammered that with the Jets. I'm big yeah, on the yeah. Jets too. I think the Jets offense. I like the Jets also. By dude, the, the way, Jets offense is going to be low key yeah. good. Yeah, I think the team total there only 19 and a half right now on points, but uh, I took the over on that uh, as well. So I think that I mean that's going to that that's going to be like you know like a 27 24 kind of game. I think uh, when Sa- it's all Sam's going to have like a devastating turnover in the game, like Lawson yeah. strip sack or something. Quentin Williams strip sack. Like I yep. like that over, and I also like the Jets in that game in Week One plus the four and a half. Yeah, we Love got it. the over tickets. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I, the defense is interesting. We mentioned Burns, you know, Boye, Horn, like Derek Brown was a top ten pick a couple years ago. Like they have, they have talent. They're going to see, um, you know, Gross Matos. Like all these guys, they've really spent a lot of capital in, in the last couple of years start to come to fruition. And I think you're going to see, you know, Joe Brady's not a guy who's long for a coordinator position either. Like I know he's young. I know last year was his first year as an offensive coordinator. I'm still surprised he didn't get interviews in the offseason for, for head coaching jobs like he's going to be one of the names if not the name in the offseason especially if he does shake a little bit of the stink off of off of Darnold so um schedule thing I think this kind of ties in we're galaxy bringing it a little bit because this kind of ties into the bet that we talk about at the top with the uh with the Bucks. so we need the Panthers to get off to a really good start schedule is easy at the beginning if they're going to get into this second spot, maybe push over on the seven and a half win total. They're going to have to get off to a good start. December's brutal. Last four at Buffalo, home to Tampa, at New Orleans, and then last week is at Tampa. Now, there's no, there's a non-zero percent chance that that's a meaningless game for Tampa. Tough to get them twice down the stretch, but like if the Bucks are this historic juggernaut, do they need week 18? Um, are they using week 18? Cause if they're not, uh, that becomes very interesting. If it's Kyle Trask, uh, you know, and this, this Panthers team is playing out the stretch. I guess a very different scenario where, you know, Panthers could come in with seven wins needing that one. Cause on paper, like that's, that's brutal. But, um, that's interesting to me that we could have that. We had that, I think with the, the Broncos, I think that's, I'm interested in the Broncos because they're going to get KC in week 18. KC's not going to need that game. Uh, Broncos are going to be pushing that win total anyway. Um, I think it's pretty interesting. We got kind of the inverse here with Carolina. What are your thoughts there, Nick? Uh, yeah, I think you make a really good point towards the end of the season, right? And I think you, I like what you said about, I, I don't know if I like Denver, just that's a story for another day, just in general, but I yeah. like the point that you make about their their final game in week 18, where, yeah, like some of the reasons you gave here and like down the stretch of the season, that obviously could prove difficult. We need Carolina to finish under 500 to win this bet. We needed them to win eight games potentially to go over the total. So I still feel comfortable with it. I think they can certainly do enough to get there. If we're talking about, let's say we take, Arizona out of the NFC West and we put Carolina in the NFC West. I'm never betting this over. Sure. Like, uh, like it has to like has to do with some of it with the teams in their division. Right. Oh, yeah. And look, Tampa, I, I, I would guess I loved you saying Kyle Trask and not playing Gabbert. That would be awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. I would guess that that'll be Trask in the final game of the season. So, you know, um, it's not like a play that I would like get up on the table and bang the table and scream, bet the Panthers over. But if I had to bet over on the Panthers, Falcons, or Saints, it's easily Carolina here for me out of those three. Love it. How about the props, Connor? We are, as expected, it kind of fits here. We are way over market on Sam Darnold. Uh, how about some of the, the Darnold props or any of the receiver stuff you like? Yeah, so the over-under on Sam Darnold is 3,750 passing yards. Uh, we have 4,430 passing yards projected, um, which is, you know, a, a nice over. I think I took the over on that and the touchdowns. I think we have like 21. Um, you know, I think we have projected for like 24, 25. So, um, you know, I, I like that a lot. I mean, we're just, we're buying into the passing offense here. It's, it is really, really tough, you know, for Sam Donald, I think to fail as, as a passer in this offense. If he does, I mean, that's just like, 
I mean, honestly, embarrassing. Like for him to like at least not be competent with. I mean, you have Christian McCaffrey. Worst case, you should be dumping the ball off to the best pass catching back in the NFL. Literally every play, if you can't if you can't make it. Um, so, I was going to say we've been talking for like five six minutes on the Panthers. We haven't even mentioned Christian McCaffrey yet, who is like one of the true difference makers of the position. Take him number one overall in your fantasy league. There you yes. go. He's yeah, there awesome. Were, there were some hot takes on the feed today that he's not the number one overall pick. Uh, he is definitely the number one. Who, overall who pick. were people saying should be Dalvin? Dalvin. Which I mean, I think you're splitting airs, but I think McCaffrey just is, you're not splitting airs. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Right. Dalvin's another guy who just is terrific. Just tends to miss games. So if your thought is that you're worried about McCaffrey staying healthy, which was one season of injuries, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. So yeah, Great. yeah, yeah. I think uh, he's I think he's going to be a beast. I think Terrace Marshall's gonna, should have a pretty good year. I like the Darnold passing yards. At, like if he's if he's going to play and like, if he plays all the games or like really close to it, like how does he not go over the passing yards prop? So I like that. The other one, and I don't have it in front of me. What's DJ Moore um, touchdowns over this year? Five and a half. Yeah. I mean like what he had four last year and four the year before, like he is due some big time touchdown regression. Uh, that's a pretty easy over bet for me on DJ Moore over five and a half touchdowns. Just like sheer volume is going to get him there, I think. I still don't know why we have like a two and a half round delta on DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson in drafts, though. Um, Robbie's just good. Like he's always been good. He's also another guy who just had trouble staying on the on the Sam field. loves him. Sam yeah. loves him. Like obviously Joe Brady loves him last year. Like they they we were all kind of caught off guard by the roles, and we thought that it was going to be. You know, DJ Moore would kind of do what Robbie did last year and vice versa. And like Robbie was another guy we're really bullish on. I, I actually bet Elliot Chris like early in the offseason that Robbie would outproduce DJ Moore and he gave me like plus 130 odds. Um, you know, and I think that that's, I just think that they're like, you're, they're neck and neck and that everyone's betting on DJ Moore's profile. And I get it. Like DJ Moore is a good player, but like the role they had him in last year just like wasn't really, you know, wasn't really it. Now you added Terrace Marshall. I don't know. I, I think that, I think they're both going to do well. I'm not saying that either are going to be bad. I just think that it's, it's closer to 50 50 than what the fantasy market suggests, which is like third, fourth round for DJ Moore and like fifth, sixth round for Robbie Anderson. So yeah, well, DJ Moore went on the first round of the real draft so there there you go yep right. <laughs> that's literally like I, i'm sitting yeah. here thinking like man i'd rather have dj more because of the draft capital but i mean you're right you make a great point so it's close it is close for sure yeah yeah no they're gonna be fun I, there there are a lot of questions i think to the tail end of this this division but i think we're gonna have some fun offenses at least if the defenses don't take that next step it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting i think the saints definitely fading here so uh Nick, favorite bet that we talked about here in the uh, in the NFC South? Wow, favorite bet. Um, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like I like a lot of bets. I love the Kyle <laughs> Pitts bet. Um, let me look here. The, the, the team's written down. Um, yeah, I think I think Tampa's going to be nasty. Um, I think you know, we all kind of think that, though. I guess. Yeah, Kyle Pitts over receiving yards. I really like. Um, what were my what did what else did I like for the Falcons besides for Pitts? Uh, I think Matt Ryan's gonna have a huge statistical year. I guess the Pitts one I really like a lot. Um, Tampa over there went Tampa. You know what? Tampa NFC South and like anything short of like minus infinity, I really like. It's <laughs> <laughs> a pretty good bet. Uh, I, I, I I don't really have much to add to that. I mean, those the the Pitts, the Bucks, um, Sam Darnold overs. I mean, those are probably my three favorite ones for this division. The rookies in this division are sexy, man. Terrace Marshall, 550. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we got him a, a tick under 700 projected yards. Like, I don't know, man. I thought that was – I thought he was the number two receiver in this draft class coming out. Um, and I think he got the buzz of some of the other guys that maybe outperformed him statistically. Obviously, he had, you know, a truncated season. Then you had some of the injury whispers leading into the draft that made him fall, like, so you like Marshall more than like Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, et cetera? I absolutely. Do. Wow. Okay. Wow. That, that's cool. I think, I think, I think a lot more than your boy uh, Kadarius Tony, Nick. He's not my boy just because my team picked <laughs> I'm talking about like prospects Tony's, coming into Tony's the league. Tony's going to have like 10 touches this year. He's going to be <laughs> fucking terrible. Uh, but yeah, no. But like I think that's interesting though. And like, I mean, yeah, like if Marshall's going to be better than those guys, he's going to smash that number. Yeah. I, yeah. I think situations, this is, you know, I think as like, I say that as like a prospect before landing spot. Like I think the Devonte Smith landing spot is massive, right? He's, he's the alpha in that lineup. I think he's going to, you know, outproduce Marshall this year, but like just some raw ability, like Marshall's a dude that played a ton in the slot. He profiles as a dude that can win on the outside. He's like six, four, six, five. He's got track speed. Um, you know, he's wins at the great name too. Terrace. Terrace. It love, is. Love that. Yeah. 
He can high point it. Like it's just so much. Like he feels like the best red zone option. They don't really have a you know, Dan Arnold's in town. Um, you know, Ian Thomas is dusty. Like they don't really have a great Darnold loves him, right? Apparently, Dan Arnold. I love that you know, we're at the beginning of training camp, right? It's Sam yeah. Darnold and Dan Arnold love each other. Yeah, like, literally. I just think he's got a red zone role too. Like I think he's just gonna produce right away. I love um, Jalen Waddle. I don't know. I like I'm like, I do I'm too. Like I do too. Jalen Waddle. Fucking Connor. Just, I'm I'm just, I'm all in on the Dolphins. The Dolphins. I, I, yeah. I'm kind of we talked about them on You Better You Bet today. Like I I'm like I think their floor is low because like Tua, like I guess like hypothetically, like theoretically could suck, like it's possible, right? I, I kind of think he's gonna be good and like I I think they could be pretty good. Like two a long shot MVP bets are I'm, I'm very into sixty six to one earlier Let's in the offseason, fifty to one now. Waddle over seven hundred and a half receiving yards. Like Waddle looked like Tyree Kill on that punt return in the preseason this past weekend. Like he's I think he's gonna be awesome. Man. He's awesome. So, I yeah, like so Tua. I'm, I think the I'm offense on, is gonna I'm in be on good. Tua. Yeah, I think the offense is gonna be good. My my Dolphins argument is that they uh, the defense is not is not sustainable. Like they were kind of middle of the pack in EPA. DVOA, a lot of the other statistics, they were by far the best team in the league on third and fourth down. They led the league by like a large margin in turnover rate. Those things converted just... all those turnovers like into points. Like it Correct. was uncanny. Correct. So like, that's my only point is like, I think Tua could take a step forward and they could still kind of be stagnant where they were last year, where they way overproduced based off of I think, what they have. Tua's step forward is going to like triple the step back that had taken all the regression on the, the defense. So maybe you know, you're I, right. You're right. You're a win our bet. Uh, and I'm, I'm in, I, I have a Tua over, I'm in on Tua. Like it's yeah. not that it's the other side. It's the other and side. Look, the and look, and we've seen like, you know, I, I know that like turnovers generally from year to year when like a team really excels in that, it's not necessarily repeatable. You know, we've seen Pittsburgh do it a couple of years in a row. Buffalo basically does it every single year under McDermott. Belichick and the Patriots been consistent for them. I, I am not saying that that's like a reason to like, wow, like every team now is going to force a million turnovers from year to year. I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> Just that I, I, I don't know. Flores, a Belichick guy. This is probably a shitty argument that I'm making, but I really <laughs> like it. So we can leave it at that. No, I'm, I'm in on it. 100% support it, no matter what you're saying, as long as it's supporting the Dolphins. So They got a little yeah. section and in the middle of the season of schedule Newman. hell. They got a little schedule hell that makes absolutely no sense at all. They don't get it. They got to go to London. They come back and they don't get a buy. No, because they asked for that, but they they wanted that, which I think is brilliant. Like the they, they said the NFL, like we don't want the buy after London. We I think they have like a really late buy, like they requested that, and the league granted it. But then they get back to back weeks after coming back from London, and the team that they play just came off of a buy. Like yeah, it's know. just brutal, brutal schedule, brutal. Yeah. They, you know yeah. what though? I trust Brian Flores and Chris. Yeah. Bear. That's my story. <laughs> I do too. I'll be honest, that's like, my story, and I'm sticking to it. I do too, to be honest. But like, they don't get to play. They don't get to uh, go out between the lines. And can we talk Sundays. about this line in week one? Like the Dolphins are going to be two, two and a half. Like I will tease them with like every other potential option, like in week one, and that is like a winning bet. I feel like for sure. Noon and I bet around a golf actually. So I have the Dolphins week one. He has a Pats. I, I mean, I took it even. I know I was getting the worst of the number there, but you know, they're, well, they're going to win outright. So I got suckered into this. Bet because I was making this stance. I don't love this bet per se, but this is the way that I could bet the specific. I, I, I wanted under on their win total, but I'll take my pats straight up against the Dolphins a week one, What's, even though it's I funny about this. My co-host it. on You Better You Bet, Ken Barkley, Locky Lockerson is a Patriots fan, but like he's not like that. Like, he's not a homer with his bets, but he likes the Patriots like you do, Ryan. And he kind of likes the Patriots in week one. I like the Dolphins in week one. We both think it'll be close. So like Dolphins teaser legs, we both like here. The more I think about it, like Will Fuller's not going to play. Well, well, I I don't know if I'm like I I like the Dolphins more than the Patriots full season for sure. But I I don't know if I would take the Dolphins straight up in Week One. But we'll see as we move closer to it. Was Patriots defense going to be really good this year. It so is. I agree with that. Yeah. And I love me some Josh Uche this year. I think yep. he's going to be nasty for the Patriots. You're going to be good. So Nick, you're the man. Really appreciate it. You were one of the best in the business. Really Thanks. appreciate your time. I know you've been uh, grinding. Nonstop. Tell everyone where they can oh, find you. Man, we're just not. We just getting started, man. This shit, <laughs> even, this shit hasn't even popped off yet. Yeah, uh, hit me up on Twitter at the Costos T H E K O S T O S. You can follow me on Instagram if you'd like for like pictures of like my niece and like my girlfriend and like pictures <laughs> and vacations and shit. But you don't have to if you don't want to. That's all good. And uh, my show is You Better You Bet weekdays three to seven p.m. Eastern. Odyssey.com, the Odyssey app. Uh, Odyssey stations nationwide as part of BetQL, like the huge sports betting initiative taken by the company, which is really sweet. Um, so yeah, check that show out. I think it's pretty badass. If you like this, you'll probably like that show. And, uh, I'll have some other cool shit to announce that I can't talk about now, but as we move towards football season that I think will be pretty cool. Love it. Absolutely. Check out Nick, uh, check out you better, you bet great content, great guests all the time. Um, and they, they're going all year round. They're going to fill your degenerate need. Um, (laughs) 
no matter if it's football season or not. So there's always good stuff. So that wraps us up. We have one more episode. We'll be back next Wednesday to talk about the not super exciting AFC South. But for Nick and Connor, I'm Ryan. We'll see you next give me, week. Give me the Jaguars, by the way. Ooh, we have it too. Love it. Yep. Love it. 7-1. <laughs>